1: Good Saturday morning, 8 minutes after 7 o'clock. You've tuned in to WSB, as you well know. This is the Lawn and Garden Show, as it has always been for over 20 years in this time slot. On Saturdays, on WSB, fantastic. And you're used to hearing the voice of Walter Reeves. He is out again this Saturday. We'll be back with you next Saturday, for sure. But in the meantime, you have to suffer through me, Ashley Frasca, sitting in But you stay tuned because you listen for the knowledge of Mickey Gasway and Mark Banta of the Piedmont Park Conservancy. We're having a good time. Always good to have you guys together in studio with us.
2: Thanks, Ashley. And Thank
1: Mark, I just always am so anxious to ask you what's going on at Piedmont Park. So many fun things. And Me being a little suburbanite, I don't get down to Atlanta enough. But when I do, I go to Piedmont Park and I love it. And the Food and Wine Festival this weekend, two things I love. Tell yeah, us about that.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, we're we're really pleased to be hosting the tasting tents for the Food and Wine Festival. And I have to be honest, Ashley, it may actually be sold out or close to sold out, but certainly go online to find that out. Um, it's important for people to know, because you were asking me earlier off air, what what is there to do for families? And there's so much to do for families in Piedmont Park. You know, we're... Two hundred plus acres right here in Midtown, and there's an amazing swimming pool that I would put up against any resort pool anywhere. Oh, I would Very, too. very affordable. Gorgeous beautiful playgrounds that are well kept we've got the active oval that has places to run and and play games and and then of course uh, the reason I, I mentioned the families in the food and wine festival all in the same sentence is obviously the food and wine festival is is got a lot of focus on wine so it's not necessarily kid friendly but it right now it's in the area where the uh, legacy fountain is which has become an extremely popular feature there at Piedmont Park when you come out of the sage parking deck right below the botan- Gardens. Mm-hmm. You can go right up the hill, and um, they stole. Uh, 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 I shouldn't say we. Re- they reappropriated <laughs> a play uh, out of the playbook for uh, Centennial Olympic Park, and it's an interactive fountain in a circle with those jets and water that comes up and dances. And it is just delightful to see the younger kids get in and splash around.
1: Some of the most iconic photos of Atlanta. You know, if you're not from this area and you're coming to the city to visit, our kids running through the Olympic mm-hmm. ring fountains That's in right. Centennial Park? So. Yeah, we can emulate that with it's the our little in mini Piedmont park.
2: It's our little mini version there, and just every bit is popular. But right now, we do have it. We do have it shut down for food and wine, which is unusual for us. We only do that a couple times a year, but it's a very very cool event. If people are interested, they should check it out and and see all the classes and tasting tents that are going on. But there is something every day going on in Piedmont Park, and the the city permits a lot of festivals and events there that we don't necessarily have, um, you know, approval on or or whatever but lots and lots coming up we've got the symphony coming back we think we're going to on final word for that to be announced here and then in a few weeks and then our horizon theater is doing the toxic avenger oh. which is a very cool play it's free and it's at the park um, this coming week as well so check out the website
1: now tell me about young families that are listening to the show or maybe grandparents that have the grandkids for a lot of the summer are there family passes or things that you recommend for family? who will want to frequent the park this summer and maybe... Be in on a few events.
2: Yeah, the cool thing is that, that Piedmont Park is free, true, and so true. so it's there's uh, you know no no fee to do anything except for the swimming pool uh, does have a very small entry fee, and there's you know family passes available there, but almost everything else, the fountain, all those things, uh, the the uh, play coming up by Horizon Theater is free. The movie screening that we're going to bring back uh, this year in, in late summer is going to be free. Remember those wonderful uh, classic movies we used to show in Piedmont? park those are coming back this summer
1: that's amazing great so mark your calendars folks in the website
2: that's right, uh, Park.org and uh, you'll find all the great information there.
1: Perfect. And if you have family coming in from out of town this summer and you don't know where to take them, that needs to be one of your first stops. You're right. In the heart of the city, it feels like there's so much around you. So start at Piedmont Park and work your way out, and you can see so much of Atlanta.
2: Agreed. And now this connection to the Beltline and being able to – we were talking earlier about Pont City Market oh, and the oh, east side best, uh, Beltline. There's so much happening in that area. If people haven't been down in a while because we're suburbanites, we need to come see right. it again. I mean,
1: my parents, you know, haven't been down from, from northwest Georgia in 20 years. They would be amazed at the improvements of the city and the beautification projects like the Beltline that have happened. So, And also, if you have out-of-town company, take them to West Cobb County. I know of a nursery called Pike Nursery, and Mickey Gazaway's there. And it's fantastic. You can take them there, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. All right, Mickey Gazaway and Mark Banta helping me answer your calls this morning on Lawn and Garden, 404 we go out to Dorville and say good morning to Betty. Hi. Oh, Hello. Sorry, Betty. How are you? I'm fine. All right. What's your question? Well, I
3: want to know what you put on hydrangeas to make them bluer. My, some of mine are kind of faded out looking. And I used to have something, but I don't remember what it was, that really helped turn them d- bluer.
4: You need to lower the pH, and you do that with aluminum sulfate. And you can get that at Pike's. Aluminum sulfate? Aluminum sulfate. It's not instant. Uh, You do it this year for next year.
3: Aluminum. Aluminum. Uh, Like mm -hmm. aluminum foil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought you were saying lemon.
4: (laughs) No, aluminum sulfate.
3: Okay, thank you. Uh. And to make them pink, you... uh, Lime. lime. That's Mm -hmm. right. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Thank you so much. Thanks, Betty.
1: And speaking of hydrangeas, the Penny McHenry Hydrangea Festival out in Douglas County this weekend. I was out in that area yesterday and lots of preparation. People come from all over the country to see a lot of the hydrangeas here in the South. We're blessed with such beautiful plants. This has been
4: a beautiful year for hydrangeas.
1: Hasn't it been? I love it. So if you are looking for something to do this afternoon, too, head out that way to the Penny McHenry Hydrangea Festival out in Douglas County. Next, up in Hall County, it's Leanne in Gainesville. Good Good morning hey hi uh, well
5: i have a question about a tall magnolia tree that i have it's gotten um it's kind of near a power line and it's not far off the house and it's um it's a multiple trunk tree it's got about five big trunks at the bottom mm-hmm. and it's just gotten tall and pointy and and can can that be cut down, or will will it kill the tree?
2: I, I say down. I mean, um, in half, Pr- prune back. Yeah,
5: absolutely.
2: There, the I. You know, you'll hear Walter say often, just because it's bred into us, county agents and former county agents. You know, the proper plant for the proper place. And anytime people start talking about trees and power lines, it gets me really, really nervous. So, um, I'm I'm gonna tell you that yes you can cut a tree back but the the truth is if if there's a tree that is going to reach mature height and you need to know how high that is by by figuring out which magnolia it is and and, and ascertain whether or not it's going to get up in those power lines you you really don't want that plant there and it really should be removed and put in a better place. Now if it's just not going to get into those power lines and you're going to have plenty of safe distance because remember electricity can arc from a high power line down to a tree, and it just creates a really dangerous situation. Um, and
5: well, the the power company comes every now and then and trims uh, a certain distance from the line, but actually the the tree is probably thirty to forty feet taller than the power line. Wow!
4: Yeah. Wow. It probably has an enormous root system
1: too. Um, you need yes, to
5: and yes. I think it, it may be getting into my. Septic
1: uh, tank drain line. Oh, think then, about that. Yep. So between that and the power lines, it may just be time to, to it, remove yeah, the tree.
2: Yeah, and I hate it. I mean, I have a magnolia that's gotten out of hand and in the wrong place, and and I just every year I say, well, next time I'm gonna next year I'm gonna take it out, and I haven't. Uh-huh. But you know, it's one of the harsh realities. We just don't want to take our plants and and our trees out, but but the wrong plant in the wrong place. Sometimes that the, the hard choice we have to make. The original question you ask is 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 it okay to tie this tree or or really prune it severely you can but it's going to look kind of rotten and it wouldn't be something that I would you know encourage you to do I would look at this fall or winter potentially Taking it out, and certainly there's there's certified arborist and others that can help you truly ascertain whether or not that tree is going to be a problem with the power line, and you know, not just talking you know with guest host over a radio show <laughs> to do it because it's a big decision to take out a big full mature. We tree graze like the surface
1: that. and then go even a little more in depth sometimes. Right, right, great. Thanks for the call, Leanne. Okay, coming up in the next fifteen minutes or so, Travis asking about his asparagus. Lots of folks seeing that now. Sabrina on Covington, how to kill centimeters. All of that and more. We'll be back right after the news break here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News and News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the law and garden advice you need.
1: And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Get in the garden early. You're not going to want to wait until later today. Partly cloudy skies, a 40% chance of showers and maybe some thunderstorms by this afternoon. Tonight, clouds and showers, overnight lows in the upper 60s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast coming up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And if you want to save some money, pick up your Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal and Constitution for news and valuable coupon savings. I always clip the uh, the little coupon books out of the Sunday paper. Anyways, that is neither here nor there. Ashley Frasca in studio. Mark Banta, Mickey Gazaway. We've been running through calls very well this morning. We want to hear from you. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Good morning, Sabrina, out in Covington. How are you?
3: Hi, I'm fine. I was calling to get like a suggestion, either natural or chemical, to kill those little. Centipedes, they're just all, like, on my, um, they come up on the sidewalk and the, the um, driveway. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then I see, like, one or two of them in, like, my kitchen. And I was like, oh, what <laughs> can I do to just try to get them? I don't know if it's because it's hot, so they just want to just
5: come out or what. Now, they're
1: what, what does, annoying. all right, what does attract to those guys, Mark and Mickey? Is it dry? Is it hot? I think, it's, I think
2: it's the, the fluctuations in temperature and moisture, I think, drives a lot of insect movement, whether it's ants or, or mill, millipedes or uh, spiders. My wife's favorite is spiders, <laughs> and the spiders just, you know, when the temperatures really change and moisture's changed, then, then these guys start to move around. I would say, without diminishing the question or the problem, I would say uh, count your blessings that you've only had two inside. That That's a good thing. Uh, and generally, if they're outside, Mickey, I don't know how you feel, but but I try to just leave those guys alone. When they're out there in their environment doing their thing, I'm like... You know, they really don't
4: or, do any damage.
2: They, they don't. You know, not
4: much, anyway.
2: They're, they're, they're what we call a nuisance pest. And so the, the, the thing about trying to keep them out is to be sure that you have the, the joints and things caulked around uh, the entrance places where uh, the lines come in from the air conditioner or power lines come in. So it's that's all the basic be- uh, pest elimination or pest... Keeping them out from that perspective. Uh, You know, I'm pretty conservative when it comes to spraying insecticides for just kind of a nuisance pest. If you wanted to, you could uh, take a general purpose insecticide and spray around the outside, the base of the house. That might help, you know, a couple of them not come in. uh, But to be honest with you, the, we we used to get calls where there were hundreds and hundreds of these <laughs> things. And when they get in big masses, they smell terrible.
4: Oh. Have you ever used diatomaceous uh, earth? That works really pretty good for centipedes. And so you could use that well, around the thank you
1: so much for your help this morning. Thank mm-hmm. you, Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Drive safe and have a good Saturday. You, too. Thanks. All right. Coming up, we will take more of your calls. 404-872-0750. We may even have a McDonald's weekend prize pack. I'm just saying it may have some tickets to Journey and the Doobie Brothers and uh, maybe Jerry Garcia symphonic celebration at Chastain Park. So you may want to stay tuned in the next half hour for that. Plus, at the bottom of the hour, we'll do Weed of the Week, where Walter and I usually it's a teaching tool for me, really, is why the thing started. But a segment we do every Saturday Trying to identify common weeds In the landscape for beginning gardeners like me How to identify them How to treat them, that kind of thing So we'll get into a little bit of that And you can go to wsbradio.com And find Walter's page That's how you'll see the photo album that we keep With the weeds that we do And also walterreeves.com Walter's website is a great resource For pretty much every gardener I know Right, even guests that have been on the show with us too Always go to Walter's website Because they're I don't think there's a question yet that has not been asked, right?
2: I don't think so. No. They'll figure it out. Now, you had my attention at Doobie Brothers, too. Somebody needs to win that and be very appreciative of it.
1: I think so. I think it's pretty fantastic. So, we'll give out the prize phone number here in just a bit and uh, take a certain caller to win the weekend prize pack. But, yeah, definitely stay tuned. Ashley Frasca and Mark Banta and Mickey Gazaway filling in for Walter Reeves. This is Lawn and Garden on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Thanks for tuning in on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden on WSB. Walter Reeves out this Saturday. We'll totally be back next Saturday. But in the meantime, Ashley Frasca sitting in the big chair. And I've got Mickey Gasway and Mark Banta with me as well. We've been answering questions, having really good conversations. We always brag about the fun stuff that we talk about off the air. But you guys engage us with the calls so much that it really just leaves Leaves it open to this full conversation in the breaks. Talk about things that are going on and what you could be doing. And they, they teach me. I'm Googling all these different plants and flowers trying to figure out what things are. And part of my curiosity, I love going around and I'm really observant. I, the older I've gotten, I've become very observant. Different flowers in people's yards And just appreciative of really being outdoors But was out in Douglas County With uh, Captain Herb Emery's widow, Karen Yesterday, spent some time driving around Douglas County, beautiful, as I said, they're preparing For the Penny McHenry Hydrangea Festival But the community garden out there Put on by the UGA Extension Service And the Master Gardeners out there A community garden that, that helps feed those less fortunate in the county. And it was amazing to see the plants that they have in that garden and just the dedication and the love that is put into such a large garden for such a good cause. It's amazing. That's great. So, what I've done is on Twitter, you can follow me at Ashley Fraska WSB. I took a couple of photos of the garden. I was just so impressed. And I have tweeted pictures of that if you would like to follow along with me there. And we also just always have the traffic information you need and what's going on with the Herman Cain show and the crazy calls we get there. So, uh, at Ashley Fraska WSB. And keep it tuned here to News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB all day for news, weather, and the traffic. Weekend construction is such a headache around Metro. Atlanta. So if you're planning on passing into, out of, or through downtown Atlanta, you'll want to be kept up to date about what's going on on the roads. Now, meanwhile, this is the half hour that we do Weed of the Week every Saturday. Walter has let me do that segment with him so I can learn to identify and treat weeds. And so, at the urging of Mickey Gasaway, a very good one this Saturday, crabgrass. Yeah.
4: That's right. People are beginning to bring it in and say, "What is this? What is this flat stuff laying on top of my zoysia?" And it's crabgrass. And, and it's, you
1: would think it mm-hmm. is—it uh, is grass, but it never grows upright. Mm-hmm. It's always kind and of a flat, crawling weed. And there's several kinds.
4: they are they annual weeds. They don't—they're not perennial. So you can put a, if you use a pre-emergent early in the spring or late winter, early spring, you can keep it from coming up. Um, once you get it, you have to use a post-emergent. And there are several we've got. Um, Bonide makes one. There's several of them that we've got um, that just do crabgrass. They're selective herbicides. So they don't hurt anything. Uh, they don't hurt the grass, but they just kill the crabgrass. So.
1: And it's so annoying to pull up. I mean, it's I not one of those weeds that you can just yank out and the roots are really shallow. I mean, it takes some, you get to the center of it, you know, where it radiates from. And I mean, you really have to yank to get that weed out.
2: Yeah, if you you get it early, you can. I used to know a golf course superintendent who carried a little pocket knife, and I don't (laughs) think it was good for anything else, but that joker could reach down there and twist that knife one time and pop that crabgrass out. But the key, if you're going to try to do some of that, is to really catch it early. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, of course, as Mickey said, the preventative, both uh, poannua, bluegrass for for the fall and then crabgrass in the spring, it's just you almost have to use a gardener calendar to remind yourself, because if you wait wait till you see it, then you're too late to put out the preventative.
1: Yeah, pre-emergence are so important. So that is obviously getting to the seeds before they germinate the weeds, before they pop up. Granted, it's not 100%, but if you're religious about doing that two or three times a year, you will be amazed. But
4: most of the pre-emergence will actually, if it's in a very early stage, they'll get crabgrass,
1: even though they're
4: emergence if you
1: get them really early wow so you can see pictures of crabgrass and all of the other weeds we've discussed on the show if you go to wsbradio.com and click on shows and find walter reeves page we have a photo album there of all the pictures you can see right now we want to take your calls and hear from you and what you're seeing in the yard 404-872-0750 travis is somewhere around metro atlanta on the road calling in lawn and garden good morning
0: Good morning, Ashley. Hey, I want to thank you very much for uh, all your traffic reports and AM 750. I'm a truck Uh driver and I don't care what kind of program you guys would have on. I would be listening.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Travis. Okay, so I'm going to edit that very quote right there and use it in a promo. That is perfect. Well, thank you. I'm glad we're able to do that for you. And call us anytime. The traffic center is always open. (laughs) Folks can call. And that's some of how we get our best traffic information is folks like you on the road. As soon as they see something, they call and we beat the other media outlets with it. I love it. Well, Travis, What? what can we help you with?
0: Well, Mickey, Mark, good morning. Uh good morning. just I've got year 2 asparagus, so it's it's there and it's um <laughs> I want to I just trying to figure out what should I fertilize it with? How should I try to encourage it to really come back with a vengeance next year?
4: Have you have you harvested yet? This, have you harvested the second year?
0: No, they they're they're uh, too small. At best I have uh, pencils, yeah. At best, yeah,
4: you, you need to let them get bigger than that. Um, after next year, when you harvest, um, if I were you, I would fertilize them in the spring early on, and then after you harvest, fertilize them again.
2: That's the key. Okay. And once they get going, they're pretty—they're a pretty heavy feeder once they yeah. get started. But you're—you're you're being patient. It's obvious that you know that it's not an instantaneous thing. And asparagus is one of those vegetables that you can't have high expectation uh, in the first yeah. or even second year.
0: Right, right. Is uh, would worm castings be just my best bet if that's what I wanted to use? Um,
4: I think you probably need a little bit more than that. If I were you, um, okay. I, I would. E.B. Stone has got a great fertilizer, a uh, vegetable herb, uh, fertilizer that works great. It's all natural, uh, all organic, and uh, that's what I would use if I were doing. That's what I've used in mine.
2: Yeah, I lo- love the worm castings for soil structure. Yeah. Again, we were talking about the uh, but microbiology, fertilization. but fertilization. This is a little heavier feeder. Same, you know. There's a couple other heavy feeders too. We just don't want to under fertilize vegetables uh, when we're trying to get them really going and producing.
0: Okay, yeah, because I, I have no problem being patient, waiting on it. I just, I just cut back the ferns in the fall um, and and hope for the best in the spring.
4: I've got a. a a beehive sitting on top of what used to be an asparagus bed, and I'm continuously
1: cutting the asparagus out to keep them out of the beehives. Mm. Well, Travis, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. You drive safe.
0: All right. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good day. You
1: too. Next, out in Somerville, we talked to Susan. Good morning. Good morning.
3: We are in the position that we have to move two large Grancy Graybeards and a large Azalea from Carroll County up to Chautuga County because we're selling some property in Carroll County. The Grancy Graybeards came from my husband's great-grandmother, and so we cannot emotionally give them up. Mm -hmm. I talked to the Extension Service, and they said that we needed to um, go out to the drip line, dig a root ball about four feet deep, the things are eight feet wide. We'd have to have a helicopter to pick up that plant, oh the root ball, gosh. and get them moved. Uh, basically, the same thing with the gazelle. Is there any possibility that there's a successful way at this time of the year to move such large plants, and how would we go about doing that?
2: Mickey and I are both shaking our heads. No, it's just, you know, if the timing is everything, Mickey, you're probably getting ready to say the same thing. I mean, there's there's a time where... Uh, in the in the late fall winter, where we try to do these types of activities, but you know the survivability for this time of year, particularly with us being a little drier and the size of what you're trying to move, I I, I would just hate to say I think you're your your morbidity is going to be off the chart I, if it would be a miracle if if that plant material survived
4: and it also it's like when you have when you move something in the middle of the summer it's like having surgery when you're awake
1: it's really stressing it out and that's exactly
4: what you're doing to that plant now i
1: don't want to sound but ignorant but i mean is there a way to to propagate, propagate cutting that's what I from was the trying. tree
4: Probably July. That's going to
1: take a little more dedication and loyalty and upkeep. But is there a chance? Yeah, yeah,
4: there's a chance you could try. I haven't, I haven't looked to see how you propagate um, Grancy Gray beards, but probably um, hardwood cut or semi-hardwood cuttings, maybe. Or you maybe might try hardwood. some softwood cuttings. But if you've got to do it right now, go ahead and try it. <clears throat>
1: is that well. something you would consider, Susan? We'll try anything because yeah.
3: really, when we consider from the great grandmother down to our grandchildren, that's six generations that have been wow. around these plants. Are they
4: going to are they going to level these plants? Is that why you're? No, or are they going to be there for a while? Uh, it, it's a house
3: that we're selling.
4: You might um, do some research about doing some, um, you know, propagation of it. I, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't tell you. But uh, to see when to take the cuttings, and then you could take some smaller cuttings and. Uh, use some root, roots uh, roots I mean um, rooting hormone on it and see if you could do it. I mean I'd All certainly right. well, try
3: I, it. that was I was afraid that was what I was going to hear because we know the time of the year is just dreadful. Yeah, it's not I when you would said. move anything Take to
4: kill it just to move it. Yeah. and
3: you know with the size of it, even if it were December, I don't yeah, know how we'll get anything that big
2: out of the ground. It, it would have been tricky with that, especially uh, the tree. Um, the The azaleas are just a little more tolerant, and y- you know yeah. you can prune those back and get those up and out of there. But make sure <laughs> make sure that your new your new person that bought is buying your house hadn't fallen in love with those plants too. You might have to have a conversation about <laughs> about removing some of that. But I I think cuttings is the way to go.
1: Well, Susan. Right. Well, I appreciate y'all's help. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call. And please call us back in a couple of months once you get settled in the new place if you have found a solution. I would love to hear what you've oh, been I, able to I do. will do that. And thank you again. Thanks. Thanks. Have Bye. a good day. Next, we go out to Loganville and talk to Charles. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. How can we help? Well,
6: uh, about five days ago, I planted a, a dogwood tree, and uh, the leaves are starting to turn brown. And. The ground was real hard. Uh, I had to uh, uh, dig it with a spud bar, and, and I went way out twice as far as the ball of the uh, the tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think because it's on the hill, the water isn't soaking in, or maybe there's another reason. I've been trying everything, but yeah. I just uh, was wanting to know what your opinion was.
2: It's it's a tough time of year to plant things, you know. And we containerized. We've gotten where we can just about plant material year round, um, but dogwoods, um, you know, I they they can be a little bit tougher to to plant anyhow. How big was the dogwood tree, and what type of was it? A containerized plant? Was it a B and B? What was it? It was a
6: container, That's and uh, yeah, it's about uh, probably seven feet tall.
2: Wow. It's pretty big. Yeah. Pretty
4: yeah. Uh, did you use a soaker hose, or did you just use a above-ground sprinkler, or did you hand sprinkle it, or what? Uh, just out of the
6: garden hose.
4: Yeah, well, that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, sometimes it's good to use some root starter, too. You want to put root growth on it before you put down. I doctor. did. Are they dying for the tip of the leaf in, or just the whole thing turning brown?
6: The whole, the whole leaf is turning brown.
4: All over? Are all the leaves like that?
6: No, but I see uh, every day there's more and more accumulating. So,
2: yeah, I'm, uh, uh, doesn't sound I'm good. Worried. Sounds like some transplant yeah. shock. It's just it is a harder time, and then it turned to kind of hot and dry on you about the same time. Remember that the, the, we were talking about this earlier in the show. The plant is, is sending all, all these hormonal messages up and down the tree, and, and the right now it knows how much roots it has down there to support its foliage up top. And when that gets out of balance, when you don't have enough water, Uptake and the roots, then it's going to send a a signal up top to the leaves, and that's why Mickey was asking about the more uh, outward leaves and how the leaves were dying back. But it says, look, guys, sorry, we're not going to be able to support you right now, so you're going to have to take a hike, and and it'll brown the leaf and drop it off. Um, The biggest thing is, if you want to stick with this, and I think you should, is to get the water uh, where you're watering a couple times, no more than three times, uh, and Mickey talked about it earlier Water it deep and thoroughly And don't you know, do not do it lightly And then make sure you have mulch But don't overwater Because overwatering can show the same symptom As underwatering Because you're losing root system And the root and the top is out of balance
1: Good luck Thank you so much for the call, Charles We appreciate it We will be back with more calls And hopefully some good news for folks Here on the Lawn and Garden Show Stay tuned News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB This weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. The basics for today. Cloudy skies, maybe a 40% chance of rain by this afternoon. Highs in the upper 80s and lows in the upper 60s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecasts coming up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And off the air, as I always say, we have good conversations. Myself, Ashley Frasca, Mickey Gasway, and Mark Banta. And Charles, the last caller with the dogwood. I was cringing because I hate that the leaves are turning brown. And Mickey, we, we thought of one other thing we didn't mention. Right. Right. I was
4: wondering if he planted it as an understory tree, which is where dogwoods grow naturally. Uh, if he planted it out in the sun, that would stress it further. Also, if if he amended the soil, if he worked up the soil good, if he dug a real wide hole, that's important too. And if he were watering, um, watering at the base, that was that was the other thing. And
1: watering long instead of often. So it's a tough time of year yeah. to plant. You know, hardy trees and shrubs, but location, 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 right. as we always and say, and you just and have to work a little prep. harder at it. Yep. And uh, Mark, we were also talking Piedmont Park, the Conservancy, the wonderful things you do there with all the folks as president and CEO of the Conservancy as well, and the Food and Wine Festival this weekend, and the Green Market too. I'm really intrigued by that.
2: Right. We've uh, we are so pleased with how our green markets have gone the last couple years, and we've got great um, vendors there. Uh, Marietta, our coordinator there, goes out and hand selects organic producers of fruits and vegetables. You can get your eggs there. Meat. They now have meat ah. yeah, and poultry and seafood, and it's all vetted very well. It's a fantastic market. Over 50 vendors, live music every day. I think today um, Kaiser's out there with their chef demonstrations, Kaiser Permanente. So it's a great green market. It's always voted one of the top three green markets in Atlanta.
1: Now, are there certain times of day, today and tomorrow? Yeah,
2: it's it's always on Saturdays, and it runs from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. there at the 12th Street Gate, right next to the Community Center.
1: Perfect, folks. Get out there before it gets too hot this afternoon. Well, Kevin and Atlanta, stay tuned We're going to take your call soon Centipede grass and brown spots Hate to see that Bert up in Cartersville A question about fruit plants and trees Lee in Fayetteville Transplanting a tree not Something we want to highly recommend doing now, but we'll see what the story is behind that. And a Japanese boxwood that has maybe been pruned too severely. Phil in Duluth. All of those calls coming up. And Stephen in Atlanta, he just popped up. Pine straw against the house. Is that going to be a good thing, a bad thing? What can we expect with that? All of your calls and the Pikes pick of the week in the next hour and the weekend prize pack. I promise it's not going to be one that disappoints you at all. Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves. Stay tuned for more of Lawn and Garden and give us a call, 405. Four eight seven two zero seven fifty.